Welcome to the Physics Buzz Podcast. I'm Cal Cofield. I think it's safe to say that when most people hear the word radiation, they think of bad things. The nuclear bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Nuclear power plant accidents like Chernobyl and Fukushima. Genetic mutations and cancer. And that's despite the laundry list of good things that radiation does for us. It's used in smoke detectors and exit signs, in devices that check the structural integrity of buildings and airplanes. It's used in life-saving medical scans and even in cancer treatments. So how do we resolve these two very different lists? How are we supposed to view radiation? Is it good or is it bad? Eric Lax and Robert Gale say that's actually the wrong way to look at it. We should get rid of this idea that radiation is a binary, good or bad. Instead, it all depends on how you use it. You know, technologies are not fundamentally good or bad. They are depends on how they're used. You know, a Ferrari is an excellent motor car that in the hands of Mario Andretti can win the Le Mans race. But if you put a monkey in the driver's seat, it becomes a dangerous weapon. Not the technology that's good or bad. It is how we use technologies that can make them helpful or harmful or some combination thereof. That was Robert Gale, co-author with Eric Lax on the new book, Radiation, What It Is, What You Need to Know. Today on the podcast, I talk with the authors about how something that can be harmful can also be extremely helpful and why it's important to be informed if we're going to have a healthy relationship with radiation. To start the show, let me introduce our guests. I'm Eric Lax. I'm a, a writer of nonfiction books on a variety of subjects. Lax's books include two other science books, The Mold in Dr. Flory's Coat and Life and Death on 10 West. I'm Robert Gale. I am a um, physician and a scientist. I'm on the faculty of the Imperial College in London in the uh, Division of Experimental Medicine. Gail is an acting physician specializing in chemotherapy and bone marrow transplants. He also studies the molecular biology of leukemia, and he works for a biomedical company developing new cancer drugs. He's also treated and given aid to people who receive high radiation doses from nuclear power facility accidents, including Chernobyl and Fukushima. After a disaster like this, to see a lot of incorrect information start flying around about radiation. We have recurring problems in trying to disseminate information about radiation in a crisis setting. And my colleagues and I, you know, have urged repeatedly the need to get people up to speed about benefits and risks of radiation before we deal in these crises. So Gail says the book can act as a primer for the public, a resource so that people already have a better idea of what radiation is, what its risks and benefits are, before an accident like Fukushima happens and people start to panic. I wish I could give you a quick definition of what radiation is to put the rest of the podcast in context, but 
Even defining radiation is not an easy thing to do. Radiation is a physical thing, but it comes in different physical forms. Probably the most prevalent form of radiation in our lives is light. Visible light, microwaves, x-rays, these are all forms of light, and they're also all forms of radiation. Electrons, protons, and neutrons can also be forms of radiation. Some types of radiation, like visible light, are not harmful to humans. And this is called non-ionizing radiation. And contrary to many urban legends, microwaves are a form of non-ionizing radiation. So your microwave oven will not give you cancer. Radiation that can be harmful to humans is called ionizing radiation. Ionizing radiation can change the chemistry of atoms and molecules, and enough of it can kill cells or damage DNA. So from here on out, whenever I talk about radiation, I'm referring to the potentially harmful ionizing radiation. Now, there are two types of harmful outcomes that can result from radiation exposure so-called stochastic effects, meaning random, and non-stochastic, non-random. And stochastic is the one you should remember because that's what most people think of when they think of radiation. And this is where these um, very emotional issues pop up because the stochastic adverse events of radiation are cancer, uh, they are birth defects, and they are genetic abnormalities. I think that's what people really worry about. And the one they worry the most about, I believe, from a personal point of view, is cancer. In 1945, the U.S. dropped nuclear bombs on the Japanese cities of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Among the survivors, there was a 10% increase in cancer rates. This is a significant increase, but it still means that there were some survivors exposed to those extreme levels of radiation who did not develop cancer. Some factors, like genetic susceptibility, can play a role here, but the biggest factor in stochastic effects is chance. It's a roll of the dice. Furthermore, most cancers caused by radiation doses take decades to appear, so people can wait 20 or 30 or even 40 years to see how the dice lands. On the other hand, that means that older people might die of old age before those cancers develop. The one thing that is known is that the higher the dose of radiation, the higher the probability that those stochastic effects will appear. The fact that we can't predict which individuals will experience the negative effects of radiation is probably one of the many reasons that people are generally afraid of radiation. Here's Eric Lacks. As you understand more and more that this is something you can't see, you can't feel, that it takes on a, on a kind of mystery. And so radiation has become this great sort of scare force in our lives. One of the things that we that we pointed out in the book is that there's very little understanding about what happens in one place and what it might have to do somewhere else. So if you look at the, at the radiation that came from, 
from Fukushima and what happened to it between the 5,000 miles of the coast of Japan and the coast of the United States. Um, you could see quite clearly that people in, in California who rushed out to buy potassium iodide tablets to protect against the radiation from Fukushima would have been just as well to, uh, to run on and buy a raincoat to protect against showers in Barcelona. There was just no effect between the two of them. But we don't understand that, and we don't see that. And when, you, when something scary happens that you know can cause bad effects, and you, you therefore assume that it can happen whether or not you have the information to know that. So what do we do? Do we live in fear? Do we remain ignorant? Let the monkey drive the car? What if instead we use what we know about radiation to help ourselves? Very high doses of radiation generate non-stochastic effects. This is more generally known as radiation poisoning. Scientists know about how much radiation will induce radiation poisoning. They know that anyone who receives that dose will experience symptoms that may include radiation burns, gastrointestinal problems, cataracts, and if left untreated, many cases of radiation poisoning are fatal. So lots of radiation is scary, but if it's in the hands of the right people, it can actually be beneficial. And the best example of that is radiation therapy for cancer. Radiation, you know, can cause chemical changes, and especially chemical changes in, in DNA. And changes in DNA are the fundamental basis of cancer. So as you expose cells to radiation, you will be increasing the risk of cancer. However, at a certain point, radiation starts to kill cells. And a dead cell can't cause cancer. A dead cell is a dead cell. Um, and that's the same idea then that we use to treat diseases like Hodgkin's disease. You know, we give what would be regarded as huge doses of radiation because they can kill the cancer cells. And the extreme of this, of course, is I mentioned is a bone marrow transplant where we give very high doses, doses that would otherwise be lethal if we didn't take bone marrow from somebody else and rescue the person from the killing effects of radiation. I know I brought up Hiroshima and the nuclear bomb earlier, but there is nothing that you and I would encounter in our everyday lives that would expose us to anywhere near the level of radiation released by an atomic bomb. No medical scans use anywhere close to that level. The one time where you might intentionally encounter that much radiation is with radiation therapy, and people have to weigh the risks of the radiation exposure with the potential benefits. And Gail says that's what you have to do with radiation in general. You have to weigh the pros and the cons and just make the best decision you can. Of course, we can keep working to find ways to get the benefits of radiation without the exposure or with lower exposure. But sometimes we have to make a choice, and there's not always a universally right or wrong answer. For example, there's radiation in cigarette smoke. It's a contributing factor in lung cancer. 
People weigh the pros and cons of this, and they make their own decision. Many people are now deciding that the risk isn't worth the reward. Or how about this? A large portion of the radiation that we receive comes from outer space. And at higher elevations, we're exposed to more of that radiation. So some studies have shown that flight attendants actually have higher cancer rates because they spend so much time up in the air. People living in Colorado get slightly higher doses of radiation than people who live on the coasts. Now, there's actually no evidence that people living at high elevations have higher cancer rates, but what if they did? Would that be enough to make you move? Would it depend on how big the risk was? There's actually conflicting evidence about whether or not very low doses of radiation actually increase your risk of stochastic effects like cancer. Once again, if they did, then we would expect to see higher cancer rates in Colorado than we do in New York City. Nonetheless, it's probably good to try to reduce your radiation exposure to the lowest possible level. But let's say we did have evidence that any dose of radiation increased your cancer risk by some amount. Did you know that each of us actually gives off a little bit of radiation because of naturally occurring radioactive elements in our bodies? As a result, if you sleep next to someone, you get a slight bump in your yearly radiation dose. If scientists showed that that increased your risk of cancer, would you sleep alone? Even in the hands of Mario Andretti, there are risks to using technologies. Medical professionals have to weigh those risks and benefits with their patients. We use statistics to generate an answer for a population, but at the end of the day, I can't be sure whether the person in front of me is going to be the woman whose breast cancer is prevented from recurring because she gets radiation, or is going to be the woman who would not have had a recurrence but now is going to get leukemia because I've given her radiation. Radiation isn't inherently bad or inherently good. It's completely up to us to decide how and when we use it and when we step away. So, you know, we just have to do the best we can. Um, we have to be sure that people understand the risks of benefits, but we also have to make sure that they don't make irrational decisions, for example, based on a fear of radiation. And that, to sort of loop back, is the purpose of the book that Eric and I wrote, so that if a woman is told we can save or decrease substantially the likelihood your breast cancer will come back by giving you radiation, that she makes a rational decision about whether to have it or not, and not just some knee-jerk decision that, no, I'm not going to have radiation because it causes cancer. That would be you know, the worst possible outcome. And hopefully people reading this book will be in a better position to decide things of this nature. In their book, Lax and Gale argue that medical radiation is one area of your life where you should pay close attention to the amount of radiation that you're receiving. This includes CT scans, CAT scans, PET scans, x-rays, and the like. Gale had this piece of advice. If someone gives you a gift Christmas gift certificate for a whole body scan, you probably shouldn't exercise that 
When Gail mentioned gift cards for body scans, I thought he was joking. But this is a real thing. There are clinics now which offer these types of body scans, and they tell you that they can identify early signs of cancer and aneurysms and heart disease, which in many cases they can, but they also carry risk. And that risk needs to be weighed against other information, like how old are you? Are you genetically susceptible to those ailments? How much medical radiation have you already received? Gail says not all physicians will be able to immediately tell you about the radiation dose, but you shouldn't hesitate to press them for that information. You know, ask them, well, how much radiation am I, am I going to get? And if they say, I don't know, I have no idea, say, well, you know, I'd like to know that. And more importantly, what are you going to do with the information? How is the information you get from whatever study? It's not just limited to radiation, but any study. How is the information you're going to get going to affect my care? Uh, and what are, the, what, what are the benefits and what are the risks? Medical radiation is one of the most direct ways that we deal with radiation. And scientists are always looking for ways to improve radiation technologies so that we can reduce the risk and increase the benefits. But remember that radiation is also responsible for our safety in many, many indirect ways. Radiation is used to kill germs and microbes in food and in medical supplies, and that radioactivity is not passed on to those things. Radiation is used to treat reflective paint that's used in various safety applications. Radioactive materials fuel rockets that send satellites into outer space, which then give us cell phones. Radiation does a lot of work behind the scenes to keep us safe and healthy. The book by Lax and Gale covers a broad range of topics regarding radiation, including the radioactive nature of our world, nuclear power facilities, bombs, food irradiation, and how radiation can affect your health. The book includes stories and anecdotes, which serve as the spoonful of sugar that help to make this very strong dose of information go down. That said, it is an excellent resource if you have questions or concerns about radiation. In addition, the authors have put together a very informative website. It's radiationbook.com. Thank you again to Eric Lax and Robert Gale for being on the podcast today. I'm Callie Cofield, and you've been listening to the Physics Buzz podcast. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz. Thank you.